Good evening and welcome to Anchor Church Wednesday night service. We're so glad you joined us. Uh, we're going to get right into the word. Well, actually, no, I'm going to do some announcements. So uh, this Sunday, Lake Akatink Park, don't miss it. We have a special speaker this week, and uh, it is Jessica Klein. Do you know Jessica Klein? Anyhow, we're so excited. She's going to be ministering on the subject of healing, and uh, Jeremy will be uh, ministering the uh, time of worship and giving. And so uh, we're very excited. My wife and I uh, actually will be at a wedding uh, Saturday night. It's at like, I don't know, 5.30 p.m. or something like that. So unfortunately, I'm unable to make it back, but uh, some very able uh, ministers that will minister to you. So don't miss it. Uh, this Sunday, 10.30 a.m., Lake Akatink Park. And uh, if you're going to look for directions, look for the Hemming Avenue parking lot. That works on Waze, I think, and also Google, and I'm not sure what else. But uh, make sure you put in Hemming Avenue so you don't end up at the wrong place. If you do end up at the wrong place, it'll take you 15 minutes, or you can do what this car did this last week and just drive up the hiking path. And um, then it'll take you like one minute. So uh, praise the Lord. We're thankful to be able to meet there. And if you haven't been with us, you should come out. It's like the perfect time of year. It's beautiful. Uh, there's a nice breeze. It's better than inside. In fact, I've had a couple people tell me like, I wish we could just meet outside all the time. So um, we're thankful uh, that we have a place to meet and it's beautiful. There's plenty of space. So if you'd like to social distance, you can do that. And, um, uh, you know, we set up the, the rows so that everything is social distance. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you're not just all uh, packed in there. But, uh, you know, we believe God. And so we look to the Lord and he always protects us and provides for us. So let's look tonight. We're going to get right into the lesson. I'm going to finish up the second half of what uh, Jeremy ministered on last week, uh, which was basically uh, the giving chapter. And so we're studying a book by Pastor Mark Brzee um, called The Guide Inside. And I'm looking for it on my iPad here. There it is. The Guide Inside. And so this chapter is all about being led in your giving. And um, because I'm using two books, I'm kind of like lost just a hair here. Chapter 14, Led to Prosper. Main verse is Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit who leads you by the way you should go. And so uh, the subject of giving is an interesting subject because really finances affect pretty much everyone's life. And Jesus talks so much about our finance. In fact, in the, in the Bible, I think there's close to 2,000 scriptures about giving and offerings and tithing about money. And so it's a big, it's a big uh, subject. And uh, you can tell it's a big subject because in some churches, not ours, but some churches, people get kind of disappointed when it comes time to uh, hear about uh, giving and receiving. Uh, but uh, our church is, uh, you know, such generous givers and uh, we've learned how to tap into the laws of giving and receiving. And so it opens up a, a whole new arena for you if you uh, uh, enter into those laws. Well, so I want to pick up in uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. I'm going to read first of all in the uh, uh, King James translation. It says, There is he that scatters yet increases, and there is he that withholds more than what is meat, but it tends only to poverty. I was just making sure Lindsay was over there because she said she's going to be here. I'm at the Klosterman's house. So the liberal soul shall be made fat 
uh, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The liberal soul, did you hear that, Lindsay? Will be made fat, and uh, he that watereth will himself also be watered. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind of fat. And, um, you know, the liberal soul will be made fat. Well, let me, I looked this up in a couple other translations. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Translation. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. There are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but it results only in want. The liberal person shall be enriched, and he who waters shall himself be watered. ESV says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, and only suffers want. I like that, ESV. He withhold, one withholds what he should give, and only suffers want. So, uh, this is an awesome wisdom scripture from God because we think, or the natural mind would think, we don't really think it if we've been changed by the word, if our mind's been changed, but the natural mind thinks, well, if I've got a financial crunch, if I've got financial pressure, I'm going to hold tighter onto what I have. Yet God says that if you give freely, it actually tends to increase. Uh, and if you hold on tightly, it actually tends to poverty or to decrease. So um, uh, he thinks a little different than we do, and so I want to know how he thinks, right? Let's read HCSB, that's Holman Christian Standard Bible. One person gives freely, yet gains more. You like that? He he gives freely. I'm still chewing on from like three or four weeks ago. We were reading uh, in Matthew 6 and Jesus was talking. And remember he said uh, about the uh, evil eye and the single eye. And uh, I just, you know, I like King James, but that's a little hard for me to understand. And so uh, the evil eye, literally, it means in the Greek, what the, I wish they would have translated it that way. It means grudging. Well, obviously, they didn't, they didn't translate it that way because in the time that the King James Bible was written, uh, it was known that if you are a grudging giver or you're just like, well, if I have to, I'm going to do it, that that's evil. That is considered an evil eye. In other words, when I look at you or I look at situations or I look at the church or I look at um, someone that doesn't have enough that I want to, that, that I may uh, feel that I need to give to. Maybe I'm even prompted by God's Spirit, which is what He's talking about to give to. Well, okay, if I have to, I'm going to do it. That's evil. Jesus calls that evil, right? So it's a grudging eye. And He said, then your whole body will be full of darkness. In other words, your every interaction, everything that you do uh, will have uh, an evil and darkness about it. Well, darkness means you know, many things, but you're not going to be able to see clearly. Like I got people behind here and I can't really see them clearly because I got a lot of light on me and they're in the dark. So I'm in the light and they're in the dark. And so, so, uh, not behind me, but in, in front of me, actually behind the camera. And so, uh, but the generous eye or literally, 
um, I should almost go over there, but Jesus said uh, that if you're generous with your eye, then your whole body will be full of light. So generosity or being grudging really affects the whole demeanor of your life. So the way that you're going to look at people and things is going to be affected uh, by if you're generous or grudging. Like, uh, so generous, that would mean then that Jesus is teaching us that it doesn't just have to do with the amount of money that we're giving. And that it doesn't even have to do always with percentage. But actually, it is the generous heart. In other words, I have a heart to, to give you more than enough, to give you abundance. Or I have a, a heart that's like, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I'm going to kick and scream the whole way and I'm not even going to enjoy it while I do it. Boy, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So uh, giving and receiving is, is such a blessing. And um, I, I love what Jesus said about that. So, um, you know... If your eye be single or generous, then your whole body will be full of light. That's from uh, Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is talking about um, uh, giving. I believe it's Matthew 6. Okay, Um, HCSB. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. Well, it's right that I withhold it. I mean, I need it more than the church needs it, or I need it more than this ministry needs it, or I need it more than uh, this homeless person needs it, <clears throat> or I need it more than this Bible school student needs it, or I need it more than uh, this lady needs it. You know, there's a, there's a testimony. Let's see here. I thought I wrote it down. I'm going to have to do it by memory. Uh, Pastor Mark Hankins tells about when he was in a service and uh, he's sitting in this row and there's a whole row of ladies behind him. And this whole row of ladies, the Lord said, uh, there's a woman, uh, you know, sitting behind you. He had already given an offering and everything. And there's a woman sitting behind you who's believing me for a refrigerator. I want you to buy it for her. Siri's listening to me somehow. So uh, he, he said, I said, Lord, there's probably all those women need a refrigerator. There's probably multiple women in that row behind me that need a refrigerator. And the Lord said to him, I did not say to you that there is a woman sitting behind you that needs a refrigerator. He said, I had said there is a woman sitting behind you who is believing me for a refrigerator. And so... It was his dad's meeting that he was at. And so he got up and he said, uh, what that? He said, the Lord told me there was a woman sitting behind me who's believing me for a refrigerator. Now, now who is it? You know, because he, he, he argued with the Lord a little bit about it first, you know, because, you know, what we all want is like the woman with the red hair who weighs 130 pounds is about 32 years old. And her name is Sally Seashells, who sells seashells by the seashore. Like we want that specific before we're going to act. But actually, uh, the Lord doesn't normally give you that specific. He just, there's a woman sitting behind you who's believing for her. So, um, you know, he gave her $1,000. He said, how much would it be? You know, and she's like, well, I don't know, maybe $600. He's like, well, with $1,000 do it. And she's like, oh, yes, you know. And so uh, 
he uh, blessed her with a thousand dollars. She just started crying. And another lady who was sitting next to her, uh, they said we had just uh, agreed. You know, she actually had a home, I think, with like seven foster kids. And uh, they had no, the refrigerator had just gone out and she had no money. And so she just joined hands with another lady and they agreed uh, that she would uh, get a refrigerator. The Lord would bless her with the refrigerator. And there she came that night and looked, the, the Lord used Pastor Mark Hankins uh, to bless her with the refrigerator. Praise the Lord. But the point is, the reason I said that was, it's not really about the need. It's about believing. And so she was believing God. And so uh, Wigglesworth said, Smith Wigglesworth said, it seems like God will pass over a million people just to get to one person, one man or one woman who's believing him. And so it's not really about need. If it was about need, well, then everybody that had a need, it would be met by God because uh, he meets needs, but he meets needs of those that believe, right? Those that believe. So... Um, you have to be believing. So another withholds what is right only to become poor. A generous person will be enriched and the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. So one gives away and get rich, gets richer or one gives and yet increases. Now I want you to listen to this. It is an act of faith to know how to scatter and yet increase. Or it's an act of faith to know how to give away and still grow richer. Or it is an act of faith to know how to give and still increase. So your faith is activated. So uh, it's not automatic. There, there was a guy in the Dad Hagen's church, and he said, you know, I think he gave tithe for like uh, 15 years. He said, if I've ever noticed any difference because I, I have tithe, I, I'm not aware of it. There, there's been no difference. And so uh, Dad Hagen instructed him, well, you just take the scriptures concerning tithing and meditate on those and then tithe because you're uh, agreeing and acting on what those scriptures say. You know what happened? The next week he came and he had financial blessing he had never had in his entire life. And he had it again and again. And so why? Because when you act on what God has revealed to you, that's called faith. And that puts you in connection with God and with the power of God and the ability of God. So it's an act of faith to know how to scatter and yet increase. It's an act of faith to know how to sow and yet increase. It's an act of faith. And I like... Um, that's funny, I, I wrote this down and I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to be using this verse, but, uh, but here it is. And so Isaiah 32, 20 says, cast your bread upon the waters and it'll come back to you in many days. Well, I like the Amplified Translation. It says, happy and fortunate are you who cast your seed upon all waters. When the river overflows its banks, for the seed will sink into the mud and when the waters subside, the plant will spring up. You will find it after many days and reap an abundant harvest. You who safely send forth the ox and the donkey to range freely. So I love that because it really just uh, illustrates exactly what you're doing, that you're casting it upon the waters. It's going to lodge in the mud and it's going to take root in the mud. And then when you're on your journey, uh, the fruit of your seed will provide for you along your journey. 
And so there is he that scatters or gives yet increases and there is he that withholds more than what's proper, but that just tends to poverty. And so the way that you're going to scatter and increase is you're going to do it as an act of trusting and believing God. Uh, that you believe, you know what, when I cast my bread upon the water, it's not gone from my life, it's just gone before me. I think what Mark Brzee here said is he said, you know, uh, some people think God wants to have his hand in your pocket to take something out, but actually he wants his hand in your pocket to put something in, right? And so um, it is an act of faith. It should be an act of faith when we give. If you're a tither and a giver and you're not increasing, then you're not doing something right because God did not design uh, seed time and harvest giving and receiving, it feels a little redundant to say that, but anyhow, so that you wouldn't receive, right? So that you would just decrease. Uh, no, he designed it so that it would be an act of faith, so that you, you don't have to be uh, capped out at the level of finance that you have now. Well, somebody said, well, like, uh, uh, you know, I'd sure like to help uh, these people on this mission trip, but I, I just... I'm on a fixed income. I've only got this much. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. And I already gave this month, so I can't do it. Do you know it's an act of faith to know how to scatter? So what you can do is God gives seed to the sower. So if you're already a sower, you can say, Lord, I want some seed because you've put it on my heart. There's something stirring in my heart uh, to sow into that uh, person or that team of people on that missions trip. You know, uh, so that you don't have to be capped at just what you see or just what uh, your job brings to you. But you can actually let the windows of heaven be open uh, so that God can bring a supply that goes beyond what you can figure out, beyond what reason figures, right? Beyond what the accountant figures, Right? The account will say, well, here's your income, so this year, this much, this year, this much. Well, it's good to plan ahead, and uh, the Bible actually teaches saving for the future. And like he talked about here, he talked about the Lord actually led Joseph ahead of time to prepare ahead of time and to save. And I know the Lord led Dad Hagen uh, when a recession was coming. Uh, he led him to like uh, 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 readjust some of his staff, and then uh, another time he led him like two years ahead of time. Put this away, put this extra away, extra away, extra away, so that when a recession hit, uh, the ministry was not affected. And so the Lord will lead you to save ahead of time, and um, he'll guide you so that when there is uh, potential for less coming in, that you're still increasing. But you have to act in faith. You have to act because God has led you to do that, or you're acting based on what he showed you from his word. And, um, and then God then has freedom to bless you and to increase you because God's not trying to get something from you. Uh, and, um, like Paul, I guess we could echo Paul and who's really just speaking for God's spirit or the spirit of the Lord is speaking through Paul in Philippians chapter four. He said, it's not that I desire a gift. In other words, I'm not after your financial gift. I am after fruit abounding, like King James says, or adding up so much that there is 
plenty or more than enough in your account. Glory to God. It's funny, sometimes we put things all natural uh, when we need to also apply it spiritual. And sometimes, I guess every once in a while we do put things spiritual, we need to apply it natural. Do you ever think about that? We always talk about your heavenly account. Well, it does accumulate in your heavenly account, but that says your account, so it ought to affect your account. So uh, whether your account is a glass jar piggy bank or your account is a stock or a bond or a mutual fund or a savings account or a checking account, that fruit may abound to your account, right? So that's going to be in heaven, but that can also be and should be here on earth. Because he he finishes up in Philippians chapter 4 there, I think verse 19, and my God shall, not and my God might, and if you hope enough, no, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Wow, that is amazing. Let's turn over there. Philippians chapter 4. You guys are so quiet, you can be a little more, like, uh, not so quiet. Normally I'm doing this outside, but if you didn't notice, it's getting dark. So, maybe sometime we can do it outside in the stars. We can have the stars. All right. But my God shall supply. See, I misquoted. I said and. It says but. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit, or you could say results, uh, that they may abound to your account. But I have all and, and abound, I'm full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which are sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Wow. Praise the Lord. I'm learning some stuff. Okay. So, but my God shall supply. So not that he might, but he shall supply. How much of our need? Lindsay? Say it loud. All. I just feel like picking on Lindsay today. Okay. My God shall supply all of your need, all of your need. That doesn't just mean financial, but all of your need. Relationships, jobs, houses, lands, transportation, my opportunities, health, strength, vision, revelation, and my God shall supply all of your need. How? According to your paycheck. According to your retirement account. No. According to Donald Trump's bank account. No. According, who's the richest? Jeff Bezos' account. Right? No. How much more? And how much more righteous is God's 
ability, his riches in glory, right? According to his riches in glory. He's not even saying like according to his riches that he put on the earth. He's talking about his riches in glory. By what? The anointed one and his anointing. By Jesus, the one anointed of God and his anointing. The anointing removes the burden and destroys the yoke, right? The, the anointing of God is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so um, the, the, his burden shall be removed, why? Because of the anointing. Uh, and, and we're going to, if we get to the next chapter, which obviously we probably won't make it tonight, how God, Roma, uh, excuse me, is it Romans 10.30? Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So there's something about the anointing. And so Christ actually means the anointed one and his anointing. So my God, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Why do you say but? Because they, he just talked about, hey, I'm not trying to get a gift. I'm trying to get results or fruit to abound to your account. I've already received you given through Epaphroditus uh, these gifts. And so, in other words, I'm, I'm talking to you about giving again, and you've already given, and now I've got to tell you, uh, you've given, but don't get stuck like, the, like it's just gone away from me forever, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, Jesus uh, is awesome. And Jesus is the bridge between natural humanity and godly divinity. And he is the connection that we have to God himself and to the life of God and the power of God and the provision of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. And so if you ever get to know Jesus, your days will never be the same. Your nights won't be the same. Your mornings won't be the same. And if you see to it, you wake up in the middle of the night, you'll be like, David, I will praise you in the night watches. I'll lift my voice to you because Jesus is, uh, removes and delivers you from the power of fear. And a lot of times financial things, there's a great fear that'll try to grip us because we're afraid that we won't have provision, that there'll be a challenge that comes or a pressure that comes, and we're not equal to meet that pressure or that challenge financially. Well, but my God shall supply all of your needs. All of your needs. Not according to your ability. Not according to how hard you can work. Not according to how much you can think. Not according to how many friends you have. But according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, it doesn't negate the fact that you, the diligent hand will be made fat, right? That doesn't negate that, but uh, you can't just look to the diligent hand and expect uh, the blessing of the Lord. Like uh, Mark Brzee is talking about in this, you know, you can't just say, well, okay, my problem financially is because uh, I haven't sown enough. Maybe you're a tither and a giver. You know, Malachi says, the Lord said, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. So there's a, a few things in here. Uh, you know, I just want to like um, 
touch some points that he talked on because I think it could cause some other questions. You know, uh, he's talking about, you know, tithing. You know, if you're a tither, but the Bible actually says that you rob God if you're not a tither, if you don't give tithes and offerings. You've robbed me in these. Malachi chapter 3, if you want to look it up. And so uh, we're, we are instructed of the Lord to not steal from him by withholding the tithe and offerings. Now, the tithe is very specifically mentioned, 10%, but offerings, there is no specific there. And that's where he brings out, you really need to be led. Well, uh, this is true. And then he brings out the point that you have to have, uh, how do you say it? The promises and uh, the leading, basically, is what he's saying. Well, uh, the two go together because you can't really separate walking by faith uh, from being led by the Spirit. The two really go together because faith comes by God revealing something from His Word to you, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. The rhema of God is what God, only God could reveal, only God could show, that you could only know because He opened it up and He unveiled it to you. So uh, you can't learn, but He can show you, right? Okay, so... Um, so God, well, you, you can learn by the Holy Spirit, but anyhow. So God opens revelation up to you, or he opens up his word to you, or he opens up his son to you. He opens up the things of Christ, and he shows them to you. And he, he makes them clear and plain and distinct and the, by his spirit. And his spirit makes it a reality, the truth of Christ, or the truth of the word, when you look to the word by the Holy Spirit, he will make it a reality to you that you'll see something that you never saw before, right? So we're talking about um, giving by faith. It's an act of faith to know how to scatter and increase. So we want to know how to scatter and increase, not only because we want increase, but do you know how much fun it is to scatter and increase. Listen, I, I keep giving, not a lot, but maybe every, you know, I don't know, three or four weeks, I'll give like $200 away, $100 bill here, $100 bill there. And every time I turn around, people keep giving me $100 bills. And so uh, uh, I keep scattering, but it keeps coming back. And then sometimes it's increasing. And so uh, it's fun to bless people financially. And what's fun about doing that is when you get to bless them, you get to see people like Philippians 4 talks about, it caused great thanksgiving to God. Right? Look what God did for me. Like that woman with the refrigerator, she was so happy. right? And so um, because God heard her prayer and a believer responded to the promptings of God to fulfill the answer to her prayer. Hallelujah. And so, uh, but what's great is when you're doing it in faith, you're not doing it with an expectation that, well, I guess I'm just going to sacrifice through without having that now. No, you're actually like, well, it's going to come back. I don't know when. You know, I don't expect it to always come back as quickly as it's been coming back. But, but you know, you're just kind of like, you, you, you sow it, and the natural mind says, well, you could have used that for something else, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, all the thoughts that come, and the devil sometimes, he doesn't really like you to give, ever. Uh, not only because it affects the kingdom, but it affects your heart. And, uh, you know, you get involved in things that he can't touch. So why? 
because when you are generous from your heart, it, it flows from your, your money, right? So then you're generous in your finances. When you're generous in your finances, your whole body's full of light. And so you get a generous eye. So you have an eye for generosity. And that is an act of faith in scattering. So you're like, well, I'm going to scatter and yet increase, right? So I'm going to give away more and I'm going to have more. I'm not going to give away and have less. I'm going to give away and have more. I'm going to have what? More fun, more joy, more blessing, more finance, right? Because I'm doing it God's way. Because I'm not limited to myself then, because he supplies seed to the sower. And um, he'll give me bread to eat and seed to sow. And so then when I get on his territory, then I can have an open hand, which is a generous hand. And um, rather than grudging and like, well, if I have to, I'll do this, right? It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, I had thoughts a couple of those times, those thoughts were there, but in my heart, I'm settled. And I have a secure foundation. Uh, I am fastened to the rock which cannot move. I am fastened to the rock which cannot move. Jesus cannot move. The word will not change. And so if he said, I will multiply, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, 9 specifically, I will multiply your seed sown, then he will do it. So if you're sowing seed, it will be multiplied. The question is, are you just throwing it or are you sowing it? So do you know what's going on? Because he uh, that gives in faith knows how to sow and increase. So how do you do that? Well, you do it based on what God has said in his word. So do you always have to be led in your giving? Uh, yes and no. Okay, because uh, you, faith and being led by the Spirit, you really can't separate. And he puts the desires of your heart in your heart, right? And so you may see an opportunity and, and you're like, I want an opportunity. Maybe you don't even see one. I, I've had times uh, for uh, uh, bringing the gospel to someone or sowing a seed that I'm like, Lord, I, give me an opportunity to sow a seed. So I prayed about it. Ask the Lord for the opportunity or help me to see the right opportunity. Well, somebody said, well, that wasn't led. Well, I don't know. Like uh, something stirred in my heart. Uh, there was a compassion that rose in me, right? And so um, as you, the Bible says, as you have opportunity, do good to them that are of the household of faith, right? As you have opportunity, do good. Well, if I give you $1,000, would that be doing good to you or evil to you, Right? So as you have opportunity, do good. So um, you can't really, it's, it's a kind of a misnomer to try to separate living by faith and being led by the Spirit because the, the two are going to go together. Now, let me get to some of these other ones real quick now that I kind of totally went way off on that. Um, Okay, so he has a, a section here that said, after teaching comes leading. Well, I would maybe title that um, uh, receiving the word appropriately involves leading. In other words, because he said, uh, uh, Jesus said, 
you're not going to really have a need that any man teach you, any man or woman teach you, but the Holy Spirit himself will be your teacher. Does that mean that, uh, does that mean you don't need me? No. no, you don't need me. You need the Spirit of God speaking through me, and you need the Spirit of God speaking through the Word, and you need the Spirit of God uh, in your own heart opening up to you. So the Spirit of God, when Jesus ascended on high, He gave gifts to men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, till we all come into the unity of the faith, well, that'd be amazing, uh, to the knowledge of the fullness of the stature of Christ, become a perfect man, right? Well, uh, none of us are there, and the body of Christ is not there. So we need those, but those, as they are yielded to, and full of the Spirit of God and the Word of God will minister under that anointing, under Him. And so He will be teaching you while they're speaking. You follow what I'm saying? Well, same thing. When you read the Word, I learned this, man, right after I was filled with God's Spirit, just so much that I overflowed. He said, when, Jesus said, when He has come, my Spirit, He will speak. What happened is I got so full, I began to speak. And I began to speak a language I had never spoken before. Um, The Bible calls it unknown tongues. But what it just means is that it's a language that you didn't learn um, through your mind. it's, It's like a, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, and one of those rivers is tongues. Right. And so this river flows and it, it'll like bubble up and it, it, and it, and it uh, ushers forth in a language that you don't know. And so um, after teaching comes leading or during teaching should come leading. So you should be looking to the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is you can be taught on this, but you need to be led by the Spirit in your giving. Well, you need to be led by the Spirit, but Jesus said give to the poor. And so, uh, you know, you could look and say Jesus said that, and what happens? Well, you may see someone that's poor, and you have kind of a check on the inside or a tug on the inside, a check if you're not going to do it, and a tug uh, to get your attention, like, hey, why don't you give them some? Well, that's the leading of the Lord. And so you just, you sow and you give, but you saw it in the Word, And then Jesus said, whatever I have spoken unto you, my spirit will remind you of, right? Whatever you heard me say, (laughs) yeah, whatever you heard me say. So that's actually a rhema. It's so vital that we hear what God says by his spirit, uh, making it real. Because those things he will, he will bring back to us, whatever I have said unto you, right? And so, um, after teaching comes leading. I'm trying to go through these fast, but it's not easy. Okay. He gives examples of sowing, big seed. I'm overlapping from Jeremy's last week a little bit. Um, God led Isaac to sow. God led Joseph to save. God led the widow to invest. And so, I think that's where uh, we left off. And so, um, God led the widow to invest. And uh, he says, contrary to advice we might hear today, the prophet didn't say, get the bottle of oil and bring it to me and God will take care of you. No, he said, go take out a loan and invest. 
In other words, he said, get, how, how many, you know, can you find a bunch of uh, pots that we can fill up? And, well, I'll get a loan from the neighbors. And so, I'll, can, can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? And so, uh, she got it. And so, um, he says, is borrowing wrong? Uh, well, no, borrowing's not wrong because, uh, you know, the Bible talks about lending to people. And God's not going to direct you to lend to somebody if it's a sin for somebody to borrow. And so, um, you know, how Dad Hagen used to say it is, he said, you're really not in debt until you didn't pay what your obligation was, what you agreed to. And some people say, well, I just don't, don't have all this other stuff. Well, uh, you know, the problem becomes if you like electricity and you don't have a generator or like a, a, a windmill that makes it or a, what do you call it, like a water generator or some type of generator or a solar panel, then you're probably paying the power company. Now, when I had to go do some overseas traveling, um, I tried to prepay my power bill about, what, 20, 25 years ago. Maybe that is you do it now. But they wouldn't let me do it. I'm like, well, I just let me pay ahead because, you know, at that time it was harder. You couldn't go online and everything. I'm showing my age a little bit. But anyhow, uh, you couldn't actually pay it online. And said, no, you cannot pay ahead. So actually what happens is you use the electricity and you're in debt to the company until you pay it, if that's what debt means, if debt's wrong. And so, no, you just pay it when it's due. And so, um, but uh, you have to be wise and you can't just go out and get a bunch of credit cards or loans and just, you know, charge everything up. And that, you know, the, the Bible doesn't uh, teach that that's wisdom. But what he's saying is you really got to be led by the Spirit of God. And the prophet was the representation of God in the earth. And the prophet said, you know, uh, you know get, get some borrow some, um, we call it jars or vases so we can, uh, have it. And then they'll, you know, your oil will be full. So the Lord used that, uh, in her life to bless her and to increase her. So we're not looking for opportunities to borrow. <laughs> um, and we're not dropping hints to borrow, right? Because we're led by the spirit, uh, and we're not led by uh, manipulating other people. And we're not trying to like give God some help. You know, that'll actually hinder your faith. If you're trying to, like, make people realize this is what God is saying and, and um, what do you call it? You're trying to give God some help for people to bless you. Oh, I just don't know where my lunch is coming from today and don't have any food in my refrigerator. And I mean, somebody would probably help you like that, but the thing is, it doesn't help your faith. Praise the Lord. All right, the right answer is always to be led by the Spirit of God. Take time to feed on God's Word so your heart is loaded up with what God says about supplying all of your need, which we kind of talked about that. Then listen for inward leadings that tell you how God's Spirit is leading you. God wants us to prosper in every area of life, but He doesn't want us money-minded. In fact, anytime we make a decision based strictly on money, we will probably miss God. God wants us people-minded, soul-minded, kingdom-minded. And that's kind of what we talked about with uh, giving into a mission trip. You've already given, you know. And, um, you know, uh, Pastor Mark Hankins was over in the Philippines. And, uh, you know, when he w goes over there, he pays for all of these ministers to travel to the meeting, pays their whole way, and, you know, gives them each, uh, I think he gave them each $100, $100, which is like a year's wages over there. And so uh, he did all this and uh, felt pretty satisfied in his giving. Like, I've been pretty generous. And, you know, he's not able to 
you know, uh, do offerings while he's over there or anything like that. So he's not back here. And, and anyhow, it's, uh, it's an expense and it's a huge seed to sow when you're uh, overseas. And so he's just there in the service. And um, the Lord said, I want you to buy that man a, a new motor for his bus. He's a Bible school uh, leader. And he brought his Bible school up in a bus that was like smoking horribly, barely made it up the mountain. It's a long, bumpy ride up the mountain there. And uh, he's like having a battle. Lord, like, oh, I've already given and I've given and I've given. Like, what am I doing? And so, um, but finally he obeyed the Lord. And when he did, oh man, that guy just started jumping and shouting. And his whole Bible school started jumping and shouting. And he's like, he said to this day, he said, that's, that's the best thousand dollars I ever gave. Cause it only costs a thousand dollars to fix the engine. And, um, you know, he had already given and given and thought, well, that's good enough. But he was prompted by God's spirit to give again. which is so many scriptures about that, but I'm not going to go into those for right now. Praise the Lord. God wants us to prosper every year of our life, but he doesn't want us Monday-minded. And so, uh, you know, he wants to be able to use us. So if, if, if Pastor Mark then was thinking, well, I, I just can't do that, then that Bible school would have missed on a blessing, but he would have missed out on an even bigger blessing, uh, which was just the satisfaction of generosity and watching uh, those people give great thanksgiving to God. And my God shall supply all of your needs. Okay, led by the Spirit, not manipulation. There's no question that it's important for our giving to be Spirit-led. In fact, it's important that we're led by the Spirit of God and only the Spirit of God. Too often people are moved by everything else. So we talked about that, um, you know, that God doesn't want us to be led by need. He wants us to be led by His Spirit. And His Spirit will always uh, cause us to give at the right place at the right time. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's one of the greatest ways to learn to be led by the Spirit is in your giving. And so you can start out small. I encourage you to do that above your tithe and offering, or as your offering, that you're just like, okay, Lord, direct me in this, right, this seed. And uh, he'll lead you and guide you. Jesus said, if you're not faithful with unrighteous mammon or money, who will entrust to you true riches? So it's a great way to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. And, um, you know, Kenneth Hagin had uh, a couple different experiences where, uh, you know, he had a, uh, I think it was over the course of like uh, three months, he had um, a, a minister in his church ministering right before Christmas and uh, the Lord said, basically, I want you to give him this amount of money, which was one week's uh, salary. And Christmas was coming up, and he hadn't bought Christmas presents yet. And so he said, I didn't hear a word that he preached. Because I was just like, Lord, you know, what, 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 what will I do? He said, well, how about, how about I give him a quarter of it, and I'll keep the other three quarters? And the Lord said, I told you to give him the full amount. He said, well, okay, what about I give him 50% of it? And I'll keep the other 50% because I got Christmas coming up. I, the Lord said, um, no, I told you to give him the full amount. And he said, well, okay, what if, what if I just give him three quarters of it? That, that's pretty good. You know, I, 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 I asked him to speak. I asked him and actually the, I'm kind of... Uh, 
this guy didn't even speak. It was in the service. And um, he said, um, I asked him to speak. He wouldn't speak. So we always give him this much. And that's more than what we're going to give him. The Lord said, I said, give him the whole thing. Right? So he gave him the whole thing. And he said, somehow we made it through. And a couple months later, another minister showed up. Uh, he had uh, uh, the, the, the city bus stopped in front of the church and let the guy out. He got out and went in and uh, saw Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin said, um, hey, why don't you preach tonight? And he said, okay, great. He's like, and uh, the Spirit of God said, I want you to give him uh, one week's salary, another guy. And he's like, Lord, you know, uh, I don't, I, I need this money, you know. And uh, if I'm giving him that much, he said, <laughs> you can understand this as a church planter sometimes, but. He said, you know, if the church, like the church is going to give him the check, but he's like, basically I'm giving the money because the church didn't have the money, right? And so we're, we're fine. We're doing good, but I'm talking about the beginning. And so, um, and so, because you know, like the church is giving, that's really, you're giving. Okay. Anyhow, uh, um, our church is somebody's like, why don't we buy this? And you're like, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, anyhow, uh, so. Uh, he kind of goes through the thing, and the Lord says to him, well, I want you to give him that money. He's going to um, East uh, West Texas to try out at such such a church, and they're going to call him as pastor, and that's where I'm leading him to go, and he needs the money to get there. He doesn't have money to get there. And so um, when the guy started talking with him, he said, yeah, he said, I'm going over here to try out. And the brother said, oh, yeah, the Lord spoke to me, and uh, you're going to be the next pastor there. And so he did that. Well, two years later, he is uh, ministering to this lady that is uh, bedridden. And uh, the Lord told Kenneth Hagin, don't pray for this woman. Don't anoint her with oil. Just go stand at the foot of her bed. It was him and two or three other ladies in their room. Um, and uh, say, um, arise and walk in the name of Jesus. Something to that effect. And um, so he did and she got up. And afterwards, he was thinking back on that. And the Lord said to him, if you had not been faithful those two times with the money that I had led you, I could not have used you here. I could not have used you here. So our giving affects more than just finances. Like Jesus said, who will entrust to you true riches? So it's, it is a very significant point. And not only that, but the grudging eye uh, is evil and your whole life will be full of darkness. Everything will be darkness about you. Like, oh, I just feel like I, the Lord never leads me and I don't know what to do and the word's not uh, alive to me and I don't really feel like I have a prayer life. And well, I guess I would check up on my generosity, right? Because if I have a grudging eye, well, I'm doing what you said to do. It's going to affect many things and there'll be like a darkness about you so you don't want a darkness about you you want light because with light you, you can step in the right places and uh, sometimes you go down a path that's rocky or rugged or mucky and muddy and mushy and you want to be able to step in the right steps while you're on that path so that you have confidence towards God that you know what this, this path may be difficult, but every step I take, he puts light on that step. And I know which steps to take. 
And so in that atmosphere, you have confidence towards God because you know he hears you when you pray. Uh, and so your generosity, well, it'll do something in your heart of hearts. It, it will reflect what's in your heart, but it will also affect your heart so that you are generous and your whole body's full of light uh, and you have light about you. I may be teaching on that for the next six months, okay, just so you know. <laughs> If you can be, this is how we finish this. I love the Spirit of God. If you can be led by the Holy Ghost to give money, you can be led by the Holy Ghost in everything. If you can be led by the Holy Ghost to give money, you'll be led by the Holy Ghost in everything. It is such a blessing to be a giver. And um, when you pass the money test, you just better hold on to your, hold on to your pants. I don't know, hold on to the roller coaster because you're in for a good ride uh, because true riches. Smith Wigglesworth said, I'd rather have the Holy Ghost on me for five minutes than to own the world with a fence around it. <clears throat> now, I live in horse country, so there's a lot of fences, nice fences. They take really good care of the fences. <clears throat> but there's no amount of money that compares to the anointing of God. And there's no amount of money that compares to children that love the Lord and serve the Lord. And there's no amount of money that compares to the witness you have in your own spirit when you look into the eyes of a man or a woman who has just been raised from the spiritual death by Jesus Christ. That they have had that weight that they carried for their whole life removed from off of their shoulders by the anointing. So uh, you, you can't buy that. And uh, there is... There is a place in God where you can live so free and so full of joy, and so full of abundance, that like uh, F.F. Bosler said, you, you have to like pinch your cheeks at night because you've been grinning so much because God is so good, and you're so aware of who He is. Well, maybe you're watching tonight, and maybe you have never opened your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you have never received Him the Bible doesn't say that because God is good, everybody automatically goes to heaven. The Bible doesn't say that if you do enough good things, uh, which would be helping people, giving money, reading uh, the Bible, praying, that then God will notice and see and he'll say, oh, you know what? Uh, you're just going to live with me forever because you do so many things. No, as many as received Jesus, those are the ones he gave eternal life to. You must receive him as many as received him. He's real. He's alive. He has risen from the dead. He died on the cross to take away your sins and my sins, the sins of the whole world, so that those sins would no longer have the ability to dominate us or to dictate our future 
or to uh, hold us from our past. Like, how do I say that? That would reach from our past and grab hold of us and not let go. That's what I'm trying to communicate, right? And so that those sins would no longer dominate us. That's why Jesus died. That's why he shed his blood. That's why he gave his life. So that you and I could be free and be just like him. If you have never received him and you'd like to do that tonight, tonight is your night. Don't wait another minute. Don't reason everything out. You just respond with your heart. Just like if someone offended you and you had to make a decision from your heart to forgive them so that you had a right attitude towards them and right thoughts towards them that you, that you from your heart forgave them. That's the same place that you trust God and that you receive Jesus and accept Jesus. And what it is is you're, you're just deciding, you know what? I believe that Jesus, you lived. And I believe that God, you raised Jesus from the dead so I could be right with you. And I believe that Jesus uh, paid for my sins and took them away. And I receive him now as my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to pray that prayer with you in just a second. And if you can pray that with me, well, you can. If you will pray that with me from your heart, you'll have a miracle from God. And what will happen is your spirit will be recreated in Christ Jesus or you'll be recreated in union with Christ. His life will come to live on the inside of you. He'll come to live on the inside of you. All right, would you like to pray that prayer? Say this with me, after me, I mean. Say, God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that he is your son. That you are the one true God. And he is your only son. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins. Past, present, future. I believe that you raised him from the dead to make me right with you so I could be, be made right. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm going to live for you now and forever. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. You are my Lord. I thank you that I am now part of your family, that my spirit has just been recreated. In your name, name. amen. Amen. Praise God. If you just prayed that prayer, uh, you've just got a brand new life. Your spirit's new. Your slate is completely wiped clean. Your past uh, is gone.
It's, it's like the Bible says, actually, it's as far as the east is from the west. You can't find it. God, God doesn't remember your sins. I will not remember your sins, he said. And uh, they have been removed because Jesus redeemed you. If you just prayed that prayer, we would love to get your name and uh, find out that you received Jesus and also be praying for you uh, as you start out this brand new life in Christ. And um, I'd love to get you some materials if you'd like some materials and connect you uh, with our church. Uh, we meet every Sunday morning like Akatink Park, uh, Hemming Avenue parking lot, and also online or uh, we're online on Wednesdays uh, for the time being. And if you're not in our area, we'll do our best to help you find a great church in your area as well. And uh, we're just so thankful that uh, you have received Jesus. Don't, uh, don't let it be uh, a one-time experience. It's actually a whole life lived uh, from, um, how do I say that? The source of your life is not your own anymore. It is from God. And he has come to live on the inside of you in the person of his son. So you're, you don't have to live from just what you can figure out. You don't have to like try to resist depression with your own strength. Jesus defeated depression for you. So you can just live your life from his strength that's on the inside of you and from his love that's on the inside of you. It's, it's, it's like free. You're just free. He set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. Amen. Well, apparently I could just preach all night. So um, we love you. We're so thankful uh, that you prayed the prayer for everyone else. We love you. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we love the word of God. Only got, I think, uh, two more chapters left in this uh, study. And then we'll be on to some other things. And so until next time, God bless you. And we pray that the very best that God has for you, uh, the abundance that God has for you, the plan that God has for you, and the purpose that God has for you, that it would become clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter for you every single day. If you'd like to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, you can do that by uh, texting uh, any amount to the number 84321. You can give text to give that way. Or uh, it'll also pop you up a link. You can go to the website, click on the upper right-hand corner, the giving link, uh, fill out there. You can mail uh, your gift to P.O. Box 135, Rectortown, Virginia, 20140. No, we do not live in Rectortown. But uh, there's a cute little post office there that Melody really liked. And it's got like old-fashioned combination lock things. It's a super small place. Anyhow, it's really cute. And it's very convenient to pick up. So um, uh, somebody asked me this week, do we live in Rectortown? I just thought I'd uh, let everybody know. We don't. So um, uh, God bless you. And, um, you know, act on the word. If you haven't been tithing and giving, just just take a leap of faith and give and tithe is a great opportunity. And uh, God will multiply your seed sown and he will provide for you abundantly more than you could ask or think. God bless you. See you soon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the lamb for sinners slain. I got my gum. Mm.